Welcome to Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. Celebrate food and life by learning about the culinary scene around the world. Speaking with chefs, artists and food makers, farmers, authors and tastemakers who are passionate about everything delicious. A very good weekend to you food lovers. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio sharing my outlook on the food world with you. There are a wealth of tastes out there, and so we tap into them all on this show. I'll share news about a small joint or a big restaurant. Need recipes for dinner for one or cocktails for 50? I have them. Do you travel miles for the perfect burrito or love a particular farmer's market? Well, I want to know. I'm all about eating and entertaining. Pretty much anything about food, drink, dining, and feeding that is tasty, innovative, intelligent, and delicious. And on this show, we are dedicated to great taste. So I hope that you'll open your mind, expand your palate, and tune in to gain delicious knowledge on the wonderful world of food. I believe that food is life and you should create and savor yours, but I'm also all about health and wellness, wine and trends, giving back, and really living the best life. So I'm about to feed your soul. Don't touch your dial. I'm always serving up seconds at chefjamie.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Chef Jamie Gwen. You can find my daily dish. Plus, you'll hear radio podcasts of shows you might have missed on iTunes. Just search out Chef Jamie Gwen and we'll be good. Now, I say you can feed your insatiable appetite just by tuning in. And so I thought I would kick off this show with some talk about tahini. It's not new, rather tahini's been around for thousands of years, but something about the Middle Eastern spread, the paste made from ground toasted sesame seeds, is driving award-winning chefs around the country to what I call tahini crazy. Now, Israelis will tell you that tahini is like what ketchup is to America, but it's white. It's the paste that's made from ground sesame, and it's extremely versatile, and it can be used in cooking sweet and savory dishes. Even better, by the way, it is packed with essential vitamins and minerals. There are a ton of health benefits to tahini. It's rich in phosphorus and lecithin, magnesium, potassium, and iron. It happens to be one of the best sources of calcium out there, if you didn't know. It's very high in vitamin E and B1, B2, and B3. It is said to prevent anemia. It maintains healthy skin and muscle tone. Tahini has 20% complete protein, which makes it a higher protein source than most nuts. And it happens to be easy for your body to digest because it has a high alkaline mineral content, which is, by the way, great for assisting in weight loss. So... How much better could that sesame paste in the bottle, jar, or can get? Well, it only gets better. It's actually becoming more easily accessible at grocery stores, and it really is having a serious moment across the country. Now, tahini is most commonly associated with hummus and savory Middle Eastern dips, but there is way more to tahini. You can make it yourself, by the way. Homemade tahini requires a very powerful blender and some patience, but it is much simpler and equally delicious when purchased store-bought, so I personally take the easy route and I buy a jar. 
Now, I thought I would aspire to inspire you to play with tahini in your cooking. So I would like to share some delectable ideas for how chefs are playing with sesame paste, myself included, in their kitchens and why you should too. Because if you've made or make hummus at home, you might be thinking, what should I do with the rest of the jar? So here goes. Everything you need for the ultimate uses for tahini. Now, you can use it to sweeten. I have a terrible, tragic, wonderful sweet tooth, and so I always lead with dessert. And tahini adds earthiness to sweets. You know it most commonly from halava, the crumbly Middle Eastern confection. I like mine preferably dipped in chocolate and then crumbled over ice cream, which is decadent. Now, you can make what are the easiest two-ingredient vegan truffles by mixing a cup of melted dark chocolate with a cup of tahini, then you refrigerate it until it's set, and then you can scoop it or cut it and roll it into rich, nutty truffles. And it is so delicious. Two-ingredient tahini vegan truffle wonders, I call them. Now, there's lots more sweet applications, uh, but in, on the savory side, um, as a spread, Hummus, of course, lost without its right-hand man. Tahini is what gives it its rich, creamy texture, that addictive flavor. Um, I love it in baba ganoush or the smoky eggplant dip from my favorite Lebanese restaurant. You'll find tahini on falafel, um, but it is so much more. I have been known to spread a toasted piece of bread with a thick coat of tahini and drizzle it with honey. Trust me, it's really good. Um, it is a great spread, tahini, that is, under your avocado for a twist on avocado toast. It's really a great combo. You get um, the, the tangy tahini and the rich creaminess of the avocado to pair back and the crispness of the bread and, oh, it's just delicious. Um, and then there's more tahini wisdom. Um, if you blend honey and tahini together and you swirl it into uh, your favorite ice cream or into your favorite ice cream mix, like as if you're making your own from a custard base, it has amazing flavor. I'm going back and forth sweet savory here as these ideas come to mind, but I also use tahini in my vinaigrettes. I whisk tahini with a little bit of lemon juice, some finely minced garlic, olive oil, and I add just enough water to thin it out. Now, you can use it in place of yogurt for a really nutritious smoothie. It makes a great almond or peanut butter substitute as well. You have to try what I call a T&J instead of peanut butter and jelly. You do tahini and blackberry jam. You can swirl it into brownie batter. You can drizzle tahini over fruit. The possibilities are almost endless if you're tahini obsessed like me. And earthy tahini and roasted sweet potatoes, even roasted Brussels sprouts or cauliflower are having a serious New York minute. Chefs are serving their roasted vegetables with tahini in multiple restaurants that I just had the pleasure of experiencing on a trip to New York. And it is really scrumptious. So the next time that you roast veggies or squash or a whole chicken for Sunday supper, drizzle some tahini on it. Trust me, you will thank me. And if you like all of these tahini enlightenment ideas, I will gladly send you a cheat sheet. Just email me, jamie, J-A-M-I-E, at chefjamie.com. Okay, it's time for food news this week. 
New research says that eating mushrooms might have a huge impact on the risk of having cognitive impairment, and I am all about a better brain. So the study was conducted by the National University of Singapore on a group of senior citizens, and the results were very intriguing. The seniors who ate mushrooms twice a week had 50% reduced odds of having cognitive decline. And this is not the first research that looks at the health benefits of mushrooms. The study was based on three quarters of a cup of mushrooms, about five ounces, eaten twice a week. So I say, make a mushroom frittata for the coming week or saute mushrooms for toast or add them to your dinner salad. Because if you want to keep your cognitive function as sharp as possible, well, then you have to get into the mushroom game. And I'm all for it. There are so many wonderful varieties, right? And it could be dried or fresh, could be portobellos or shiitakes. Just add them into your daily regimen because why not? After 125 years of combining baseball with its caramel-coated popcorn, Cracker Jacks has decided to throw its own kind of change-up, in fact. The Texas-based company just announced the introduction of Cracker Jill. You go, girl. A series of five special edition bags that will depict five different women and celebrate those who break down barriers in sports. Cracker Jack is supporting women in sports, debuting Cracker Jill at pro ballparks across the U.S. They have also pledged to donate a quarter of a million dollars to the Women's Sports Foundation. And I think it's wonderful that they are supporting women and sports and take me out to the ball game as well. If you want to get your own bags of Cracker Jill, you'll be able to find them at ballparks this season, or you can actually get one by making a donation of $5 or more to the Women's Sports Foundation, which is the Billie Jean King-founded nonprofit that advocates for equality in sports. All right, I say root, root, root for that all the way. And of course, don't touch your dial because there is lots more delicious conversation coming up. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio and there is lots more fabulous food right after this. And it's divine. Welcome back, Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. You know the success and the genius of her blog and website, Rowdy Recipes. Shivangi Rao was a keynote speaker at the Whole30 Summit back in 2020, featured on NBC News and other media outlets for her Indian fusion recipes. It's her heritage in 
deeply rooted rather in the Indian culture and her American upbringing that have fueled her creative expression through food. But it was chronic illness that changed her diet and forced her to discover new ways to merge the flavors of her childhood with nourishing ingredients. And her first cookbook release is a hit just released on Amazon and on its way to bestseller. It is a beautiful, inspiring cookbook entitled Mindful Indian Meals. It is globally inspired paleo and gluten-free recipes that will change the way you think about mindful eating. And it is with great delight that Shivangi Rao is here gracing this show, and I am so glad to have you. Congratulations, Shivangi. The book is beautiful. Thank you so much, Jamie, and thank you for having me today. I'm so excited to to talk with you. Yes, of course. You have two babies. You had a beautiful baby girl and a cookbook baby uh, very close together. (laughs) Yep, that's correct. Yeah, it was destiny, I suppose, that they both came around the same time. Yes, so. I would think so. And I would think that your daughter will have the most uh, advanced and beautiful palate <laughs> with with cardamom infused into everything. Yep, I sure hope so. I, I hope she learns to embrace all the delicious flavors that Indian food can bring. Yes, and I happen to be an Indian food lover, as you know. I yes. love I love that your recipes are elevated, though. This is really a modern approach, but one that took uh, a challenge, no doubt, to achieve. Tell us uh, about the change for you and how you started cooking mindfully. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to share. Um, so, you know, I was born and raised in the States and grew up eating um, you know, all kinds of food, never had issues with, you know, digesting things. Um, all of a sudden, when I hit my early 20s, um, I just graduated college, um, I found myself facing a number of, of weird symptoms, um, everything from, you know, severe digestive issues to brain fog. Mm. I even lost mobility over time in my left leg and arm, which was really scary. Um, I saw numerous doctors and um, unfortunately, no one could really come up with a diagnosis. Most people just said, hey, you know, maybe you have IBS, um, irritable bowel syndrome. Um, but there, there isn't much you can do with that. There aren't, you know, advanced treatments or anything. And, you know, that didn't help me um, solve the symptoms or remediate the symptoms that I was experiencing. Yeah. Um, so one of my friends is a nutritional therapist, and she had started uh, reading about how gluten and other ingredients um, can sometimes be triggers of inflammation in your body. And so she's like, hey, you know, I was, I was desperate at this point, right? I, I couldn't walk. I couldn't. I was losing weight extremely rapidly, um, among other things. And so she's like, you know, try cutting out gluten. You know, I've been reading that it can cause inflammation. Um, not in everyone, but it, it can be a trigger for some people. Sure. And I remember just being so desperate. And I was like, okay, like, let me just do it. And I remember randomly during the week, she told me that. I cut it out that very same day. And overnight, I regained my ability to walk. Um, I regained my mobility. I mean, it was remarkable. It was transformational for me. Um, I really was at rock bottom with my health. And so I never really looked back. And and from there, I really discovered this whole blossoming world of, you know, I guess, healthier eating. Um, Whole30 became a program and a tool for me where I continued to eliminate 
triggers from my diet to better understand, you know, is it gluten, but it, it could be gluten, but what else is there, right? Sure. Am I reacting to other ingredients that I'm just not aware of? Hmm. And um, I basically did a, a few rounds of Whole30, which really helped me, again, identify what are those trigger foods for me. Um, and, you know, over the course of several years, I've now been living with, you know, chronic illnesses for several years. I ended up getting a diagnosis over time. Um you know, it, it really taught me that everyone is different, right? Like, we have to listen to our own bodies. Our bodies will immediately tell us if something feels right or if something doesn't. Clearly, in my case, you know, it, it was transformational, as I said. So um, I, I kind of went with that philosophy, and it's really the foundation of my book, my blog, and everything that came to be. Um, and that's kind of where my blog was or how my blog was born. Hmm. The Rowdy Recipes started out as just, a way for me to share this new way of eating um, with my friends and family. I could no longer eat so many foods that I grew up eating. Um, everything from, you know, lentils and legumes, which Indian food um, is part it's of our home cooking. We a lot of that. Sure. Um, rice, right? Grains ended up being a trigger for me. Um, so I couldn't eat rice anymore. I couldn't eat what we call roti or chapati, which is a flatbread that we eat on a daily basis. So all of these things that were second nature to me, were part of my daily life, were gone. I could no longer eat them or, or, you know, it really did cause issues for me. So how do I, like, regain um, the flavors and the textures and the familiarity that I had with these foods through this new way of eating? And and that's where, again, Rowdy Recipes was born. I, I just started, you know, through Whole30 and Paleo, I, I found different methods and ingredients um, for baking, for making flatbreads, for making, um, you know, pastries, et cetera, right? And yes. um, for cooking in different ways. And so I started experimenting with these ingredients and a whole new world started to form for me. And it was really exciting and really meaningful for me um, to see, just to be able to eat the flavors and the, the types of dishes that were familiar to me growing up. And it was really important to my parents and my, especially my mom. Um, I grew up learning a lot from her in terms of cooking and our heritage and, you know, all of that was from her. And just seeing me go through this loss was, was almost a loss for her as well. So as I started experimenting and finding these or creating these new recipes and sharing them, it really gave her joy as well. And she was there through all of it by my side as well as my husband, um, kind of holding my hand through it, right? Saying, yes, like do this, like keep going. And, um, you know, they, they really saw something special mm. there. And so I eventually um, made the blog public um, and it took on a life of its own. And, and here we are uh, <laughs> three years later. Wow. <laughs> and look what you've created, because I have to tell you, I've always been an Indian food lover. I love the spices. I love the warmth. I love the soul. I love the richness. I love mm-hmm. the hot and cold dynamic. Uh, I love yep. your love of yogurt. Uh, but yes. reading through the cookbook and, you know, rabbit ear marking every recipe that I want to make, there's very little I imagine you crave or miss in the development of recipes that suit you. Because as you talk mm-hmm. about, you have to listen yep. to your body. I, I mean, I felt very satisfied reading through the cookbook. So eating right. it, especially, um, I would think you've made a really beautiful transition. Like, who doesn't want to have cardamom waffles with whipped 
say this uh, yogurt topping to me. Shrikan? Yes. Shrikan. Shrikand. Thank you. Yep. Who doesn't want to have that for Sunday brunch? I do. <laughs> uh, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks. And there is lots more fabulous food coming up in your radio right after this. Chef Jamie Gwen, don't go away. just tuned in you're late Shivangi Rao is here her creative expression of her Indian heritage and American upbringing has brought to us inspired paleo and gluten-free recipes the book mindful Indian meals her first cookbook release is already a hit and you know her from rowdy recipes her blog and website r-a-o-d-y and the delicious conversation continues. You've really elevated Indian cuisine to paleo gluten-free status. And yep. it's refreshing to see those Indian flavors woven into a, a lifestyle choice or change that was mm-hmm. apparent and necessary. And I think that that's a beautiful lesson there is that we are all... Uh, we're we're all pliable. We can we can all adjust. Change is yep. constant, right? We rise to the Absolutely. occasion, and you're a beautiful example of that. Well, thank you, Jamie. Yeah, that's exactly right. It really, you know, you really do have to rise to the occasion. And as I said, not everyone is the same, right? So what works for me might not work for the next person. My husband is a great example of that. He's vegetarian and he can eat all of the gluten and all of the other things Mm. and he's completely healthy and fine and that's okay so I think this book is just representative of an approach that that anyone can take um and I always provide swaps of ingredients so even though a lot of my my recipes might call for dairy-free ingredients you can absolutely swap in yogurt or you know dairy um ingredients for that Yes, of course. So let's talk about some of those ingredients, like for the waffles, for instance, when you, and you use a lot of yogurt in your cooking and that it is a very traditional Indian accompaniment. Uh, But when you use yogurt, it's Greek yogurt, it's almond milk based. Tell us your preference. Yeah. So, you know, I, I can actually eat yogurt, regular yogurt, but this book, again, I wanted it to be accessible to people that might have a dairy intolerance. So the closest, um, I guess, yogurt to Indian yogurt, i found is almond milk yogurt. Um, it has the same kind of sourness, a very similar texture as Indian-style yogurt. Um, and certain recipes call for the Greek version of almond milk yogurt, and certain recipes are just kind of normal almond milk yogurt. It really just depends on, um, you know, what I'm, what I'm trying to make. Some, some of these recipes require thicker yogurt. Um, and so do you strain it? I don't actually. So okay. this is like another thing that you'll find in my recipes are I try to make them as easy as possible. Now, of course, there are some recipes that are harder and more difficult, but um, traditionally Srikhand is a Maharashtrian state of Maharashtra where Mumbai is, um, the city of Mumbai. Um, that's where my family is from. And so it's a classic Maharashtrian dessert and it's made to your point with strained sweetened yogurt. Yes. So 
you know, my mom would like strain this yogurt overnight in a cheesecloth. I remember that so vividly from my childhood. <laughs> and then she would make it the next day. It would be very thick and creamy and it would kind of get a little more sour because it had been sitting out overnight. Right. right. Um, and she would add, what you do is you add sugar to that and cardamom and saffron. And it's just this rich, mm. luxurious dessert. It's my dad's favorite dessert. And <laughs> So very fond memories of that growing up, and I just thought it would be so delicious to put that on top of a waffle, like kind of like whipped cream, but better. Yeah, yes, and and tart, sweet with that dynamic, not the cloyingly sweet that we're used to. That's what I love about it. It's always been to me like a traditional raita, very refreshing, and I can imagine with the richness of the waffle and the sweetness. I wonder, and I have to ask you, did your mom do anything? with the whey that was strained from the yogurt? Waste not, want not. Is there a use for that? Yeah, actually, that's a great question. Um, My mom did sometimes just incorporate that into um, a curry that she was making. Some of our curries can be Uh yogurt-based. And so whey is just extra, you know, protein, and and it's a little liquidy, and and that goes well with with curry. So definitely ways to use the the waste there. Yes, and and very smart. Um, (laughs) You speak about carrots a lot and the healing powers of beta carotene, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Definitely um, an inflammation reducer. My son loves carrots. He's going to turn orange. He's going to turn orange. I swear he is, Shivangi. (laughs) Um, But this Indian rainbow carrot dip looks luscious. Yes, it's delicious. Um, Yeah, happy to talk about this one. So, yeah. Carrots, and, and not just carrots, right? I think they, people always say, or doctors always say, the more colorful food, the better, right? And, you know, I see these beautiful rainbow carrots um, on Sundays at my farmer's market, and um, I just love using that. You can, of course, use regular or regular carrots for this, too, just the, the regular orange ones. But, yes, beta-carotene, big inflammation fighter for me, which is very important given my chronic issues with inflammation. Um, and, yeah, this is just a beautiful dip. I, I can't have – it's actually inspired by hummus. So yes. hummus is honestly one of my most favorite foods. I think it's absolutely delicious. Um, I grew up in Michigan, and in Dearborn, um, there is a, a large um, Arabic population there mm. with amazing restaurants and food. And I used to go there once a month with my parents and my brother, and we would just eat lots of delicious hummus and baba ganoush and my flatbread with vatar. Yes. yes so yummy. But anyway, this is inspired by hummus and I can't have that anymore because it has chickpeas in it. So um, I decided to use different um, vegetables. I experimented with sweet potato and carrots seem to be a hit in terms of how the texture turns out for this dip. Mm. Um, so it, it really reminds you of hummus. Mm. Um, you, there's tahini in it, there's roasted carrots, there's garlic. But then I added some of the Indian spices and flavors like cumin and coriander red chili powder to give it a little bit of a kick, which I thought was delicious. Yeah, Um, so nice. So that's that's kind of where this is inspired from. Love it. I I love that you love uh, plantains. I do as well. You make a masala maduros, Indian-inspired plantain. And you've definitely embraced the air fryer, which anyone that knows me knows that I use my air fryer, breakfast, lunch, dinner, two snacks, and dessert. Um, I I use my air fryer for chicken wings, too. Oh, my gosh. So good. I was surprised to see. Is this an Indian wedding tradition that you remember having chicken wings at weddings during your childhood? So not chicken wings. So Haryali chicken as a dish is 
is really kind of like um, it, it, the chicken is marinated in fresh green herbs and yogurt and spices. Great so tenderizer, chicken, right? Yes, yes, exactly. The yogurt tenderizes it with the fresh herbs, and it's, it's absolutely delicious. So I was like, how fun would it be to kind of use the same marinade on chicken wings, which I think are so fun and an easy, you know, weekend snack or, you know, any weeknight meal too, or if you want to do it for the Super Bowl, whatever, sure. whatever you want to do. But it's, it's really fun. Mm. It's easy. And it's, the flavors are just incredible from the fresh herbs. And I love that. Here's the secret. And may I disclose it? You use arrowroot powder to create yes. a crispy exterior on these yes. chicken wings. How smart is that? Whether you're paleo yep. or gluten-free or otherwise, that is a terrific chef's tip. Yeah, yeah. It's arrowroot powder, and you'll find that ingredient in a lot of my recipes to make things thicker or to make things crispy. Mm. So, so it's definitely smart. a versatile ingredient. My son loves beets, too. Yes. <laughs> and I'll tell you, Shivangi, beet root raita has yep. to be out of this world as an accompaniment. Yes, I can't wait it, to make your recipe. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's so beautiful. I mean, beets in general, just when you mix it with things, so you were saying beet hummus, I'm sure it looks pink, and that's exactly what this raita is. It's a beautiful yes. pink um, <laughs> yogurt kind of accompaniment or condiment. And um, this was actually a very, it's a traditional recipe. So this is a very traditional recipe um, in Maharashtrian homes. Uh, my mom used to make this all the time, and I just had to share it because beets are so nutritious. Again, colorful food, right? It's, it's so nutritious, um, and it just adds beautiful color to any meal. For Taco Tuesday, though, you make him masala jackfruit tacos. Yes, and I love I this do. because we are always trying to come up with a new, innovative idea for Taco mm -hmm. Tuesday. And Today, jackfruit is cleaned and packed and ready for you. Yes. Like from yep. Melissa's, who's my produce partner. That is the greatest package to open in the world. I, I have <laughs> yeah. for a snack, um, yep. for the use in tacos or braising or otherwise, to not have to clean a jackfruit, which is a, a task, really. Yep. Um, yep. Your jackfruit tacos look fabulous. Jackfruit is such a versatile ingredient for vegetarians. It's so healthy, um, but it also replicates that texture that you're looking for, um, you know, for, for, for meat and tacos. So, um, yeah, super easy recipe, and it just turns out delicious. It has tamarind, which gives it a little sourness. Mm. I actually add a little bit of maple syrup for a little sweetness, and then you've got the spice and the smokiness from smoked paprika and garam masala and other ingredients. So it is really, really complex flavors, but nice. super easy to come together as well. I love that. Will you please stay with us? I don't want to let you go. More right after this.
are back and we're dishing. If you've just tuned in, you're late. I wonder if your daughter uh, will have her first taste of sweet potato tiki mac and cheese (laughs) and fall in love. I can imagine. I was surprised to see um, that you grew up eating boxed craft macaroni and cheese. I, no, yes, no I shame, did. no shame. By the way, there is, no al- and I don't think I've ever said this on, in twenty years on the radio. Uh, there is yeah. always. This is my secret. I have a, a secret love for churros, but that's out already. Oh, so um, I know, so good. There is always a box of Kraft macaroni and cheese in the very far back, hidden in my pantry, Shivangi. Yes. And if a day goes terribly sour, like just a yep. really awful day I will tell you that is my stress food oh yeah there's nothing like it no shame no no shame I mean yeah like first of all mac and cheese in general top comfort food for me I mean I just love it and yeah craft macaroni and cheese I mean that's what we all grew up eating I was a 90s baby and that's what I grew up eating so um yeah this is actually interesting because um when you think of mac and cheese, you need the roux is the most important part of it, right? You want a really delicious, thick, creamy roux. Um, and to do that, I actually started experimenting with canned pumpkin and sweet potato because it's got that starch and that texture that, that, that when you cook it, um, it becomes kind of really smooth and creamy. Hmm. Um, and so that's kind of the base of it. And I was like, you know, what could I do with this? So, um, Alu tiki is a very classic Indian street food. It's, it's basically a spiced potato patty. They also sometimes make them with sweet potatoes. And so I was like, what if I just infuse the flavors of a sweet potato tiki, which is, again, that, that spiced fritter, into the, the roux here using canned sweet potatoes and, again, thicken it with air powder um, with all the spices, so garam masala and cumin, coriander, red chili powder, all those yummy spices and it just turns into the most delicious mac and cheese. Um, oh, and it's healthier it, because of the sweet potato. So, Tell us about, is it Amchur powder? I've, I don't Amchur. know it. Amchur. Yeah. I don't know it. Yeah, so Amchur powder is basically dried mango powder. So that's an ingredient that is used in Indian cooking often to make dishes a little bit sour. Um so it, it's just dried mango. It's green mango. So it's green mango is typically sour. Um, and so it adds that sour component into it, into a, a recipe. Okay. I hope this truly impresses you. I have a bottle. I didn't know it had another name. What? I do. So oh. yes, I like to add new and different spices to my, my That's spice awesome. cabinet and I've, I've yet to yep. use it. Um, I was told about it by another chef and in her cooking and so that is dry, what I know as dried mango powder. Yep, yes. that's correct. Oh, it's tart and it's lovely and yes. it offsets the heat and the sweet and yep. adds that balance, right? Oh, I can't wait to try it in the mac and cheese. Okay, yep. not to rush you, but we have two more recipes to get to uh, that I would sure. be remiss if we didn't. Uh, what is yep. chicken 65 and how come I haven't been making it? All these years. <laughs> yeah. So Chicken 65 is, oh my gosh, like any, if you talk to any Indian person, um, as a kid, we just grew up eating this, um, mostly at weddings or, you know, events. Like it's not something we would make at home, but it's basically like a very spicy, crispy chicken. Like it reminds me of fried chicken, a little bit thinner in terms of the, the crust on the chicken, but 
um, yeah, it's delicious and it's very spicy and um, mm. you serve it at like events or weddings or, or things like that. So I wanted to make a paleo friendly chicken um, and it's fried chicken again, like a play on that because of course, again, I grew up in the States and I grew up eating fried chicken. Um, and I just thought that would be a beautiful marriage of, again, like a very traditional Indian dish with um, kind of the textures and of fried chicken that I grew up eating and, and loving. And so that's kind of where this was uh, inspired by. And I love that you infuse the oil, right, with the mustard seeds and the curry leaves yeah. and the red chili. That's inspiring mm-hmm. in and of itself. That would take traditional fried chicken to the next level just by throwing in those aromatics. Right. You yep. really get a boost of flavor. That's a flavor bomb. Yes, it is. And I mean, you'll Love see that. that in most Indian cooking, the tempering and blooming of these aromatics is so critical to add all that flavor that you love in Mm. Indian food. Oh, I love it. Shivangi Rao is a first-generation Indian-American. Her passion for mindful Indian cooking was built as a way to manage her chronic illness, and it has fueled her success. The blog is an absolute hit. It is followed uh, by food lovers worldwide. It's Rowdy Recipes. It's a play on her last name, so it's spelled R-A-O-D-Y. You will find recipes and inspiration on her website at rowdyrecipes.com. And of course, you should follow on social at Rowdy Recipes, R-A-O-D-Y. The book has just released on Amazon. It is sure to be a bestseller. So please get your copy now. It is entitled Mindful Indian Meals. And I will tell you, it is uh, chock full of paleo and gluten-free fusion recipes. And as you all know, I am neither paleo nor gluten-free, but I cannot wait to cook from this cookbook. We are uh, so thrilled, Shivangi, for uh, the release of your first what, of what I'm sure is many yet to come cookbook. So again, congratulations. Thank you so much, yes. Jamie. Really appreciate it. And so that brings us to the end of another hour of stimulating conversation. Well, I hope that at least you thought so. It certainly was good enough to eat. And I love that this show makes me hungry. I hope it does for you as well. You'll find daily inspiration on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram on my pages at Chef Jamie Gwen. You'll find recipes galore all for free at chefjamie.com. But before we go, please let me leave you with my last bite, my last ounce or tidbit of culinary conversation for the hour. This is so much fun. Do you want to celebrate spring and serve drinks and dessert in one? Well, I'm all about this. You're going to pour sparkling red wine like a Lambrusco over scoops of sorbet. You pick the flavor, peach, orange, lemon. And in a tall glass with a straw, you've made a sangria float. Oh, yes, you have. I'm going to post it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Chef Jamie Gwen so you can be a culinary hero. And I'll meet you here next weekend when I guarantee there is lots more fabulous food and delicious conversation in your radio. I thank you for listening. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen signing off, and I hope you continue to eat well. (laughs) 